Father God, we thank you, Lord God, for your word. Thank you, Lord, that you are a shield about us. Lord, you cover us, Lord, from our enemies. And you look down from heaven and see us as we seek your word, seek your righteousness, Lord. We cry out to you, Lord, with a loud voice, Lord God. Hear our plea, Lord God. We want to be in your will, in your rhythm, in your harmony, and in your way of doing things, Lord. Righteousness through Christ Jesus. We qualify, Lord, to praise you and glorify you and give you thanks. Thank you for today's reading. Hallelujah. We are in, amen, in 2 Samuel 2014-2122. Meanwhile, Sheba traveled through all of the tribes of Israel and eventually came to the town of Abel-Beth-Makkah. All the members of his own clan, the Bikrites, assemble for battle and follow him into the town. When Joab's forces arrived, they attacked Abel-Beth-Makkah. They built a siege ramp against the town's fortification and began battering down the wall. But a wise woman in the town called out to Joab, Listen to me, Joab. Come over here so I can talk to you. As he approached the woman, she asked, Are you Joab? I am, he replied. She said, Listen carefully to your servant. I'm listening, he said. Then she continued, There used to be a saying, If you want to settle an argument, ask advice at the town of Abel. I am one who is peace-loving and faithful in Israel. But you are destroying an important town in Israel. Why do you want to devour what belongs to the Lord? And Joab replied, Believe me, I don't want to devour or destroy your town. This is not my purpose. All I want is a man named Sheba, son of Bikri, from the hill country of Ephraim, who has revolted against King David. If you hand over this one man to me, I will leave the town in peace. All right, the woman replied. We will throw his head over the wall to you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> then the woman went to all the people with her wise advice, and they cut off Sheba's head and oh. threw it out of the to Joab. So he blew the ram's horn and called his troops back from the attack. They all returned to their homes, and Joab returned to the king in Jerusalem. Now Joab was the commander of the army of Israel. Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, was captain of the king's bodyguard. Although Niram was in charge of the labor force, Jehoshaphat, son of Ahilud, was the royal historian. Sheba was the court secretary, Sadak and Abiatar were the priests, and Ira, a descendant of Jair, Jair, was David's personal priest. There was a famine during David's reign that lasted for three years, so David asked the Lord about it, and the Lord said, The famine has come because Saul and his family are guilty of murdering the Gibeonites. So the king summoned the Gibeonites. They were not part of Israel, but were all that was left of the nation of the Amorites. The people of the nation of the Amorites, the people of Israel, had sworn not to kill them. But Saul, in his zeal for Israel and Judah, had tried to wipe them out. 
David asked him, What can I do for you? How can I make amends so that you will bless the Lord's people again? Well, money can't settle this matter between us and the family of Saul. Between us and the family of Saul. The Gibeonites replied, Neither can we demand the life of anyone in Israel. What can I do then? David asked. Just tell me and I will do it for you. Then they replied, It was Saul who planned to destroy us, to keep us from having any place at all in the territory of Israel. So let seven of Saul's sons be handed over to us, and we will execute them before the Lord at Gibeon on the mountain of the Lord. All right, the king said, I will do it. The king spared Jonathan's son, Mephibosheth, who was Saul's grandson, because of the oath David and Jonathan had sworn before the Lord. But he gave them Saul's two sons, Armoni and Mephibosheth, whose mother was Ripspah, daughter of Aia. He gave them the two sons, Armoni and Mephibosheth, whose mother was Rezipah, daughter of Aia. He also gave them the five sons of Saul's daughter, Medab, the wife of Adriel, son of Barzilai, from Meholah. The men of Gibeon executed them on the mountain before the Lord, so all seven of them died together at the beginning of the barley harvest. Then Ripah, daughter of Aia, the mother of the two of the men, spread burlap on the rock and stayed there the entire harvest season. She prevented the scavenger birds from tearing at their bodies during the day and stopped wild animals from eating them at night. When David learned what Ripspah, Saul's concubine, had done, she went to the people of Jabez-Gilead and retrieved the bones of Saul and his sons, Jonathan. When the Philistines had, when the Philistines had killed Saul and Jonathan on Mount Gibeah, the people of Jabez-Gilead stole their bodies from the public square of Bet-Shan, where the Philistines had hung them. So David obtained the bones of Saul and Jonathan, as well as the bones of the men the Gibeonites had executed. Then the king ordered that they bury the bones in the tomb of Kish, Saul's father, at the town of Zila in the land of Benjamin. After that, God ended the famine in the land. Once again, the Philistines were at war with Israel, and when David and his men were in the thick of battle, David became weak and exhausted. Ishbi Benov was a descendant of the giants. His bronze spearhead weighed more than seven pounds, and he was armed with a new sword. He had cornered David and was about to kill him. But Abishai, son of Zariah, came to David's rescue and killed the Philistine. Then David's men declared, You are not going out to battle with us again. Why risk snuffing out the light of Israel? After this, there was another battle against the Philistine at Gob. As they fought, Sibekai from Husha killed Zap, another descendant of the giants. During another battle at Gob, Elhanan, son of Jairi from Bethlehem, killed the brother of Goliath of Gath. The handle of his spear was as thick as a weaver's beam. 
In another battle with the Philistines at Gat, they encounter a huge man with six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot, twenty-four in all, who had also who was also a descendant of the giants. But when he defiled and taunted Israel, he was killed by Jonathan, the son of David's brother, Shimea. These four Philistines were descendants of the giants of God, but David and his warriors killed them. Mm. Amen. You know, uh, they've been digging out bones, big giant bones, you know, and uh, comes out on the YouTube on the right, Internet. Right. And some of them are, are, are not real, and some of them are. But uh, one guy that has an arm of a bone, it's, 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 it's the, the length from the elbow to the arm is... Uh, you know, it's it's the bone, but it's practically the size of a whole total arm's length of a man. You know, from his fingertips all the way to the to the elbow, I mean to the shoulder. That's how big this this wrist, the bone of the wrist, is on that giant that they found. Mm. You know, it's 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 evidence that this. That's how how big they were. You know, in comparison, what. Uh, like the Bible says, there were giants in there, and uh, but because of the world does is scared of the Bible, you know they don't mention it. But you can find it in YouTube. Mm. It's interesting that they mention all the, all the giants that were being killed at that time of David's time. You know, I I can understand how ferocious it could be when you have to deal with a person that's anywhere from ten to fifteen. You know, you just want to jump out of your skin because they're just so huge. And, uh, what'd you get, honey? Um, no, it was just kind of, I was wondering why, I mean, what did the, the land of the, what did the famine have to do with, because of the Gibbonites murdering them, I guess? Uh, what did that have to do with why, God ended the famine as soon as they did that. What was it about, what, why did God do that, in other words? Well, you know, that's a very, real interesting topic, and, the, and I read that before I asked myself the same question, and the Holy Spirit answered me when I was reading it, you know. And because uh, Israel made a vow and a covenant with them, remember you had those people that were, they came to them like they had parched uh, clothing and parched wineskins, and molded bread, and they say, we come from a far land, would you please make a treaty from us? Mm-hmm. Okay, so they made a, a covenant vow, a treaty. Mm, I remember that. And because there was a sacred vow that was being violated. Mm. So, you know, that brings up a good point in how we make vows to the Lord. Mm. I made a vow to pay $1,000 for Anthony's uh, welfare. I don't think I ever filled that vow up. I wonder if it's valid on the Christ Jesus, or did I have any rights to make such a vow? Probably not. Yeah, not I don't, when you don't, I don't feel like I'm being yeah. held back. God is blessing us. Well, plus you fulfilled it last year. You gave him 900 bucks. Well, yeah, before but... Before that, you, you... You know, I tried giving it to the yeah. ministry many times that, you know, there was a guy, a preacher, saying, send us $1,000 and God will do something for you. Oh, okay. <laughs> Now I give it. I give my thousand dollars to my baby, and she says, "You're doing good." Pass me in the head, and I'm all right. <laughs> so anyway, uh, the point being is that there was a covenant or a vow made, an agreement. Right, so that's very important. You don't uh, swear before heaven and right, earth. Right. Right. Let your yeses be yes, and yes. your noes be noes. Yes. Jesus clarified that. You know yes. that. Uh, 
and I fall in that category. I asked for forgiveness for my, uh, and I made more vows too. I made a ten thousand dollar vow. It always has to do with money, and some kind of sacrifice, right? That are that we aren't able to fulfill. Amen. Okay, what else you got, babe? Okay. <laughs> okay, so that was basically my question, you know, why did God end up in the harvest? Uh, and I liked at the beginning, you know, that the, the scripture says here, uh, when there was these problems, that there was a wise woman in the town that gave, that called out to Joab to, to try to figure out what the heck was going on, right? And um, it says here, um, there used to be a saying, if you want to settle an argument, ask advice at the town of Abel. I am one whose peace, loyal, peace-loving, peace-loving and faithful in Israel. But you are destroying an important town in Israel. Why do you want to devour what belongs to the Lord? It's almost like the woman is speaking from God, Right? Because as I am peace, I am love, I am faithful, that's Jesus, right? Uh-huh. But you're destroying an important town. Why are you doing, why are you taking what belongs to the Lord? If, to me, it feels like that woman, you know, she's a wise woman, but she's speaking from, from the Lord's heart or whatever. Isn't that awesome? Amen, amen. It says, um, you know, you know the, 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 a wise woman. That's why even in a marriage, um, husbands need to listen to their wives that are speaking from the Holy Spirit. You know, um, just as God told uh, Abraham, listen to Sarah, right? You know, so, that there have been so much destruction mm -hmm. in other places where um, it was just a simple solution. But because of the pride and the, and the arrogance and the offense of each other tribes, they go at each other and they kill like 700,000. A simple apology... Would it not kill so many, destroy so much? You know, because man has a tendency not to forgive. You know, but right here, you know, the guy, had, one man, just it's so important that, that that it's no different than being cursed. Would you rather be cursed from God or have your house blessed from God? Blessed, of course. And when you're against the king, uh -huh. King Jesus, uh -huh. he's the king, he's the Lord, and God has no other alternative than to bring a curse on you. You know, when you're, you're cursed, you're, you're going to be a lost for eternity. You're cursed with no peace. You're cursed with no fulfillment, satisfaction. And all the things that, that, that people believe their satisfaction are pointless or useless. You know, there's no real satisfaction in life other than uh, King Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we honor King Jesus. We put him first. He's the Lord. He's our Savior. Amen. He's our conduit to heaven. He's our Amen. brother. He's our big brother that made a way for us to enter into heaven. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but very important. Let your yes be yes. Is your, your, that's why, you know, we have to be careful what we commit to. You know. Okay, go ahead and read the, uh, the, the the study for today. Today's study okay, on, on uh, June 3rd. 2 Samuel 20, 14-22. Wisdom helped prevent much needless bloodshed when David's army was chasing Sheba. The defeated rebel, Joab, the defeated rebel, 
Joab's men were attacking the wall down where Sheba had gone for safety, and it looked as if the town would be destroyed. A wise woman of the town dissuaded Joab from destroying the town, discovered what he really wanted, and delivered the criminal to Joab. Often the courage to speak a few sensible words can prevent great disaster. Amen. We need wisdom like this woman to know how to respond to conflicts and dangers. Scripture teaches us that fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom in Proverbs 9.10. This means that when we seek the Lord and follow His word, He gives us the wisdom we need to deal with all kinds of situations. Amen. Uh, look to God for the wisdom you need and don't hesitate to apply the wisdom He gives you to the situations that you face. Amen. Very, very, we're very constantly, good. you know, we're always on the move and we're constantly faced with decisions. Right. Like, you know, shall we spend $500 for rental for one week? But, you know, we, we, uh, we, took, we took that decision with, uh, that our father wanted us to go have fun and, and enjoy his creation. We went to Sedona. We went past the, great, uh, the Grand Canyon. We sang songs all the way, and we forced ourselves to be enthusiastic, and we became enthusiastic. Mm -hmm. Even it was a very short trip, but we, even, but we had a lot of uh, satisfaction, a lot of interest in nature, uh, and a lot of adventure. We, we really enjoyed ourselves uh, because we chose to en enjoy ourselves and use the resources we have. We made a wise decision to go ahead and do it. And don't grope over the finances, you know. Amen. Amen. And we're better, we're better people because of that, you know. We have enriched our yeah. life with this little vacation. Yeah, we, we, it was time for us to get away and just enjoy our time. We sang the whole time home for that 51 miles. Maddie's going, going, gone. We got memory. I didn't want them to know that one. <laughs> <laughs> but it was such a fun time. And we got to see, you know, uh, some amazing things. Uh, we just always enjoy Sedona. It's beautiful. Uh, Amen. Okay, baby, you're on. Okay, uh, great. We're in the book of Acts. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Acts chapter 1, verses 1 to 26. In my first book, I told you, Theophilus, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after his crucifixion, he appeared to the apostles, apostles from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. Actually alive. Um, and he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once he was eating with them, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will baptize with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has a time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. 
Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. Um, then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, a distance of a half a mile. When they arrived, they went to the upstairs room of the house where they were staying. Here are the names of those who were present, Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all met together and were constantly united in prayer, along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women, and, brothers of, and the brothers of Jesus. During this time when about 120 believers were together in one place, Peter stood up and addressed them. Brothers, he said, the scriptures had to be fulfilled concerning Judas, who guided those who arrested Jesus. This was predicted long ago by the Holy Spirit, speaking through King David. Judas was one of us and shared in the ministry with us. Judas had bought a field with the money he received for his treachery. Falling headfirst there, his body split open, spilling out all his intestines. The news of his death spread to all the people of Jerusalem, and they gave the place the Aramaic name Akeldama, which means field of blood. Peter continued, This was written in the book of Psalms, where it says, Let his home become desolate with no one living in it. It also says, Let someone else take his position. Amen. Wow. Um, so now we must choose a replacement for Judas from among the people who were with us the entire time we were traveling with the Lord Jesus from time to time he was baptized by John until the day he was taken from us whoever is chosen will join us as a witness of Jesus resurrection whoever will join us will join us as a witness of Jesus's resurrection so they nominate two men Joseph called Barsabbas also known as just justice and Matthias they all then they all prayed O oh Lord, you know every heart. Show us which of these men you have chosen as an apostle, uh, apost apostle to replace Judas in the ministry, for he has deserted us and gone where he belongs. Then they cast lots, and Matthias was selected to become an apostle with the other eleven. Amen. Okay. Amen. Really interesting. Uh, let me go ahead and, and, and during the today's study, Acts 1, 6-12 says, During the years of Jesus' ministry on earth, the disciples continually wondered about the restoration of the kingdom. When would it come? What would be their role? In the traditional view, the Messiah would be an earthly conqueror who would free Israel from Rome. Like other Jews, the disciples chafed under their Roman rulers. They wanted Jesus to free Israel from Roman power and then become their king. But the kingdom Jesus spoke about is a spiritual kingdom, first of all, established in the hearts and lives of believers, Luke 17, 21. Jesus' followers are called to testify to people of all nations about the living, victorious king, and they need the power of the Holy Spirit to fulfill God's mission. God has important work for you to do. But you must do it by His Spirit's power. Are you waiting and listening for God's complete instructions? God's timing and power is essential for you to be truly effective. When you, fa when you face a difficult task, an important decision, 
or a baffling dilemma, make your first priority a step prayer for the Holy Spirit power and guidance. In this way, God's kingdom will come in you so that you can be part of His kingdom in this world. Amen. Amen. Wow, this is really interesting. Um, that um, that the, the thing that stood out to me is that they elected another person so he can be a witness of the resurrection of Jesus along with the other apostles. Mm, beautiful, huh? Yeah. You know, that they're going to be a witness of the resurrection because Jesus spoke and lived among them, ate among them after his crucifixion. And just like anybody else, it was a common theme. They kept asking him, when are you going to restore Israel? When is the great power and we're going to be relieved of Roman conqueror? And they continue to do that. Of course, we all know that. Uh, but Jesus came to bring a spiritual a bomb, atomic bomb, that just turned everybody's heart. That no matter what the consequences, we were living in paradise in the kingdom with joy and love. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's amazing that you know you put yourself in the apostles' shoes here, and you see you've seen them a couple times. Like maybe I think it was three times he showed himself after the crucifixion, and then here. Uh, you know, it's all about the Holy Spirit. Um, waiting on the Holy Spirit, you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, and um, and don't go any further until you have that gifting that, that God promised. Um, I like also here where, but it says two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. As Jesus was going up, I'm thinking to myself. You've seen this amazing resurrection take place, and, and, and now Jesus is ascending into heaven, and you're seeing it right before your eyes. I mean, that, that's that got to have a little bit of, like, oh, my gosh, what did I just see, you know? I saw the, the, the Lord just go back up into heaven. And um, I like the way it says here, Men of Galilee, why are you standing here staring at heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him. So it's talking about the coming of Jesus here. Amen. Hey Go ahead and read the most asked okay. questions. It's really important. Uh, what is the significance of Jesus' ascension? Jesus' ascension into heaven was a final commissioning service for the apostles. Amen. Acts chapter 1, 6 to 11. The ascension marks the beginning of the Holy Spirit's powerful ministry through the church. Luke 24, 49. Christ's ascent to heaven indicates his elevation to ultimate power and authority. Ephesians 1, 19-23. That Jesus was going to the Father is noted in other places. See John 16, 28. It occurred at, at the last of Jesus' physical appearances. After this, he would remain in heaven until the times of refreshment. Acts 3.20 The ascension reminds believers of Jesus' promised return. Acts 1.11 The witnesses of the ascension went back to Jerusalem with joy and exhilaration in praise and worship of Christ. Luke 24.52 They were convinced that their Lord would return again physically and personally. 1 Thessalonians 4.16 Jesus' ascension guarantees and foreshadows the believer's own glorious entrance into the presence of God, where Jesus has gone to prepare the way. John chapter 12, verse 26, and Philippians 3, 21. 
Amen and amen. Yeah, commissioning of the apostles. Go out to the, end, to the ends of the world and talk about me. Amen Talk and about amen. me. Don't talk about the commandments. Talk about Jesus, right? The King of kings and Lord yeah. of lords and his resurrection and, and the Holy Spirit's wisdom. And the peace I give to you, wait for his peace. And the peace is courage. And you'll have the power to go out there and witness for God effectively. Wow. Me, my witness is telling about me everywhere. See. Okay. Um, yeah, it's good. Um, that's been pretty much it. And they did pray when they had to make that decision for the, the apostle, the new one. It's interesting that they use lots uh-huh. and they pray. So we know we have a simple prayer. Oh, Lord God, thank you, Lord God. For you promised to supply all our needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And we thank you, Lord God, that we are open, humble, and able to receive guidance from you, Lord, physically, momentarily, financially, uh, Lord, in every which way, Lord. We just give ourselves to you to be ready to give an account of the love and trust that we have and the hope that we have in our hearts for your glory and your honor lord we thank you amen amen psalm 121 1 to 8 i look up to the mountains does my help come from there my help comes from the lord who made heaven and earth he will not let you stumble the one who watches over you will not slumber indeed he who watches over israel never slumbers or sleeps the Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. Wow, amen to that. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go, both now and forever. Amen. And Proverbs 16:18 says, Pride goes before destruction and haughtiness before a fall. Amen. I like to just say we reflect on the ways God has watched over us and we thank Him for it. So uh, thanking Him all day long. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. I love you. Amen. Brings love right back to you. You can't give to God without Him bringing it's it back beautiful. in beautiful. abundance. Surety of Psalm 91. Amen. Lord, keeps you from all harm and watches over your life and He watches your comings and goings now and forever. Amen. He's not going to let you stumble. Amen. Okay.